Good afternoon. You are tuned into 93.1 FM. This is KHDX. This is student run radio at Hendricks College. And my name is Maureen McClung. I'm the faculty advisor here at KHDX. And you are fortunate enough to be uh, listening to a special feature here on our student-run radio station here at Hendricks College. Today, this is a special show called uh, Hendricks Playwrights Theater. This is the second edition of this uh, special performance. And I'm joined here in the studio by Professor Lavinia Roberts, who is a Murphy Fellow in Theater. She is bringing to us today a uh, collection of students who are uh, beginning playwrights in her class. And uh, Professor Roberts, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're so glad that you um, can be here with us today to share the work from your class. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the teaching that you do here at Hendricks. I teach intro to theater. I'll be teaching acting next semester, and I'm teaching improv sketch comedy this semester, but I also teach beginning playwriting. Wow. So that's quite a, a spread of courses that you teach here. Um, now, is or do you have specialties um, or do you have expertise in all of those, or is this sort of um, an opportunity to spread your wings and learn a little bit about all these different aspects of theater? Well, Theater is highly collaborative, so looking at it holistically and wearing a lot of different hats really serves you whatever kind of theater artist you choose to be. But I'm predominantly a playwright, so I'm really excited to be here today sharing the work that these students have created. Okay, so how many students are in this course that you're teaching this fall? There are 12 students in the class. Okay, and so are, will all 12 be sharing work today, or is it a subset of the students? All the students will be performing today, and they all wrote the plays that you'll be hearing. So they teamed up with another person in the class, and the class holistically decided what they wanted the theme to be. And so the theme is Halloween and all horror. Right. And they've been working over the past few weeks, creating their scripts, developing them in class, editing them, and performing them. So we're really excited to be able to share them today. Excellent. And I think um, we're excited to sort of extend the Halloween theme into November. And it is El Dia de los Muertos. So I think it's appropriate for us to, to do that today as well. Um, and so, yeah, without further ado, I think we're going to get into it. So um, just to set the audience up here today... Um, with each uh, play, we're going to hear a track that the playwrights have selected to sort of set the tone, um, introduce us to the mood for the play that they're going to be featuring. And um, then we will have the actors um, perform the play. And then we're going to hear a little bit from the playwrights, um, just sort of a brief interview to hear a little bit about their process. So uh, to start off, we are going to hear a track by uh, the Cranberries. And this is a song called Zombie from their album No Need to Argue, which um, 
is a song that uh, I'm sure Lavinia and I jammed out to back when we were young. And so um, I'm really glad to hear this one make it onto the playlist. So I hope you'll stay tuned with us this afternoon uh, for this very special session um, of Playwrights Theater here on KHDX 93.1 FM here in Conway, Arkansas. This is uh, student-run radio at Hendricks College. Um, we're glad you're here tuning in either on the FM waves or perhaps you're joining us online at khdx.fm. Stay with us.
is spooked. Come on down to Wicked Willie's Spook Shack off Highway 29. Come see us for the 10-year anniversary of the discovery of the Shady Acres Farm Killings. This historic building is the site of horrors, old and new. This fully immersive haunted house is sure to give you the scare of a lifetime. so ready for this shift to be over. <coughs> My voice is already starting to go out. Ugh, me too. <clears throat> At least we get paid tonight, though. You were so right. I totally forgot about that. Makes this feel worth it. Plus, the pay is pretty good for making scared little losers pee their pants every night. Yeah, but I did feel pretty bad for that last girl. She looked like she was going to pass out. I wasn't really paying attention to anyone over that creepy guy. He didn't even flinch. Kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies. What guy? Oh, gosh. Here comes another group. We better get ready. Good evening, ladies. Oh. Did you see him this time? Why would that little creep even come through again? He wasn't even scared. I definitely did see him this time, and you know what? I've clocked him a few times earlier, too. Do you think he's going to try something? I mean, I've heard stories from around the haunted house circuit, but he doesn't look like he'd be much trouble. I could definitely take him in a fight. Don't say that so loud. He could hear you. God, how can you be so spooked working at a haunted house? I swear, you amateur scarers. Hey, this is my first job. I don't plan on making this my career. Sorry, I don't want to be a professional zombie for the rest of my life. Hey, man, just because you can't handle it doesn't mean it's beneath you. <sighs> Crap. Our shift ended like 20 minutes ago. You're so right. No wonder there's nobody in here. Hey, do you mind waiting with me until my boyfriend comes to pick me up? Sorry about coming after you. I think I'm just a bit freaked out. Fine. I have nothing better to do, and I wouldn't want you to die of fright in the parking lot. We'd probably get shut down, and I couldn't get discount corn dogs anymore. <laughs> Thanks for waiting out here with me. This place is even creepier at night. No problem, dude. Uh, so when did he say he was getting here? Uh, he's supposed to be here soon. What? Are you scared? No. I'm just exhausted and it's cold out here. You should be scared, though. Do you even know the story of what happened here? I mean, I know some people died here. A bunch of people died here, Jenny. My mom worked the case when it happened. It was a big deal. It is a big deal around here. <laughs> Quit trying to freak me out, Becca. It's not going to work. <sighs> Gosh, I remember when I was a little girl going into my mom's office and seeing the crime scene photos. I've never been the same since. This dude was a monster. He converted his dairy barn into a deer processing shed, but no deer ever even crossed the threshold. We're standing in front of this place right now. We work where you could say he worked. Gosh, it gives me the chills just thinking about it. Jeez, Becca. Morbid much? Plus, how could he even do any harm to us here all the way from his prison cell? He's not in prison. What do you mean? Well, this was before DNA testing, and this is a small town. 
My mom did the best she could to hold, hold him to the crime, but there wasn't enough evidence, and he's so small that his lawyer convinced the jury that there was no possible way he could kill all those people, maim them unidentifiable, and string them up the way he did. But, but all those people died. Didn't anyone care about them? Why haven't I heard about this? The cops didn't really care about the victims. They figured they were seasonal workers, probably immigrants and in a red state like this. We have a lot of people come down here for stuff like farm work, and when the season's over, they leave, and I guess no one came looking for them. Jenny, this guy was actually insane. Okay, I'm scared. You happy now? Okay, either I'm losing it, or there's a kid over there trying to break into the haunted house. No, I see him too. Hey, kid! You can't go in there! Get out of here before I call the cops! He's coming over! That's not a kid. It's, it's, it's that weird guy from earlier. Hey man, get out of here. Her boyfriend's gonna be here any second and he's a, a, a black belt in karate? Real quick thinking there, Jin. I had to think of something. He's still coming over here. Listen, man, we don't want any trouble. Just come back tomorrow when we reopen. You really are a freak, you know that? Why won't you say anything? Quit standing there, you murder-obsessed creep. Say something. Hello again, girls. Jenny, we need to go. We need to go now. I don't like this. No. I want to give this creep a piece of my mind. Plus, he can't do anything anyway. Look at him. Your little f friend is right, young lady. You should leave. Now. No. Not until you tell us why you're creeping around here at night. Were you waiting for us to get off of work? <sighs> People like you just make me sick. I- She's right, you know. Jenny, please. You already said that, Mr. Broken Record. Aren't you going to ask me what she's right about? What? What was she right about? I did it. You're tuned into KHDX. This is 93.1 FM. 
student-run radio here at Hendricks College. My name is Maureen McClung. I'm the faculty advisor here at KHTX, and you're listening to a special uh, session of Playwrights Theater here at 93.1 FM, and you just heard a first-time performance of Wicked Willie's Spook Shack, and I have here the two playwrights of that um, first-time performance. Um, That was written by um, our two folks here who are with us. That was um, Grace Peterson and Bella Kirby. And we're going to spend a couple minutes interviewing these two folks, and they're going to share with us a little bit about themselves and their their writing process. So if you two wouldn't mind introducing yourselves and telling us about your your year, your major, your hometown, we'll start with you. Sure. I'm Grace. Um, My major is English Film Studies and Creative Writing. Um, My year, I'm a senior, and I'm from Maumelle, Arkansas. Okay. Uh, I'm Bella. I'm a sophomore. I'm a theater major, Spanish minor, and I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. Nice. Well, I thank you for writing that really awesome play that was riddled with amazing sound effects and sharing that with us. I was commenting right before um, uh, we got on the air here um, how uh, much time it it seemed like you guys put into developing your sound effects and practicing that. That was really excellent. So um, well done there. Um, so what was the inspiration for your play? Yeah, um, Bella and I have both worked at Haunted Houses. So I think it spurred from there, but she can say a little bit more about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like we said, uh, we've both worked at Haunted Houses. Basically, kind of our writing process was we just kind of sat down and we were like, Um, We basically kind of wrote ourselves, but a little bit more exaggerated. Um, But we just kind of riffed off of each other until we had something a little bit more fleshed out. And then we added in the sound effects, um, you know, just from here and there. I actually got a recording from my grandfather for it. Oh, nice. Yeah. A family um, affair. Yes. Yeah. yeah, He used to be on the radio. So he was like, yeah, I'd love to. That's great. Is he... Is he tuning in by chance? Um, hopefully. I think he's listening to the recording after. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Um, but he was really happy to do it. Um, and we definitely had a lot of fun with the sound effects and layering that and figuring it out. For sure. All right. Well, so since you all said you both worked in haunted houses, I have to ask, did, have you ever had a spooky experience like the one you described here or anything that sort of inspired Um, I have actually, there was one time I was scaring someone and it was a man who was double the size of me and he Mm -hmm. got really scared and tried to punch me. Oh my goodness. And I had to run and like get my supervisor and it was this whole thing, but like he was just scared. He didn't know. And I'm just like this little five one. Like the flight or fight response kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I imagine there, there'd have to be, um, sort of some training sort of self-defense, what to do in case of kind of situation. Well, um, I guess your your play really is a great example of how um, real life can inspire art. So, for sure. well, thanks again for sharing that with us. Today. That that was really fun, and uh, I enjoyed sort of the mixed the mixed media of it. Um, so, well done there. Um, thanks for sharing that. And Thank you. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Well, we are going to um, move on to the next play, which is going to. Um, uh, kick off with a uh, track by the band Grouper, and uh, the name of this song is Poison Tree. So stay tuned for the next play. Um, You're listening to KHDX. This is 93.1 FM, student-run radio here at Hendricks College. (laughs) 
Ah, that's just great. Darcy, there you are. I'm guessing by the flashlight, you've already noticed the power's out. Yeah, can you check your email? Maybe we got a message about it from the school. I can't, it was charging right when the power went out. It's at like 5%. Why can't you use yours? I was in the middle of an essay when the lights went off and now I can't find it. And the router went out with everything else, so without Wi-Fi, using my laptop isn't an option either. Did you hear that? Yeah, someone probably just came over to work on the generator and dropped one of their tools or something. I guess that checks out. Where are you going? The generator's down in the basement. They may need a spare flashlight. If I can help, we might be able to get the power back on sooner. But you can't just leave me here by myself. All right, then just come with me. Hey, actually, could you lock that behind us? We're already not supposed to come down here. We should probably make sure no one else does either. Good thinking. Wait, I thought... Didn't we close it behind us? What do you mean? How long has the door been open? Couldn't have been more than a couple minutes. Okay. Maybe we should call the police. We can't. My battery's down to 1%. Hello? Is anyone else down there? We wanted to know how long it'll be before the power comes back on. Let's go down. Maybe they couldn't hear us from all the way up here? Where's the generator? It should be in the back corner, over there. Wait, has anyone even been working on this? The generator's just covered in dust. I can't even see a single fingerprint. Let's just go back to our rooms. I'm sure the power will be back on soon anyway. The closet. Hurry! My phone's dead. We're trapped in here. Okay, listen. I'm going to go back upstairs and try to find my phone. You'll have to lock the door behind me so whoever that is doesn't get in here. But they'll see your flashlight. How, how can you... I'll turn it off and find my way through the dark. Listen, whatever you do, don't go out there. Okay. Brooke. <gasps> Why do you look like that? Who are... taking so long. <sighs> Brooke, it's so dark in here. Darcy. Please. Darcy, turn around. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me.
right. You're tuned into KHDX. This is 93.1 FM. My name is Maureen McClung. I am the faculty advisor here at KHDX, and uh, you're listening to a very special show today. This is Hendrix Playwrights Theater, a, I guess it's kind of a semester event that we've done twice now where uh, Professor Roberts' playwriting class shares original works with us, and you just heard our second play uh, that was a uh, play called Look, although I feel like I should say it in the voice, Look. Um, and that was written by Griffin Squires and Colin McCord. I have right now in the studio with me Colin, and uh, Colin is going to uh, talk with me a little bit about what the process was like uh, writing this play. Um, so Colin, first, why don't you share with us a little bit about yourself. So um, where are you from? What are you majoring in here? What year are you? Well, I am from Pangburn, Arkansas. I'd say it's about Pangburn. a half. Pangburn. Yeah, this is near here, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's about like an hour long drive, about mm-hmm. halfway between Searcy and Heber Springs, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. Um, I'm a sophomore student and originally I was going into studio arts, but I eventually turned to creative writing. Okay. It's wonderful. So that makes sense that you're in the playwriting class. So um so you worked with Griff to uh, write this play. So tell us about um, what your inspiration was. Oh, um, I actually have a very specific inspiration for mm-hmm. this play in particular. Um, it's inspired by a movie that came er- that came out earlier this year okay. um, called Skinamarink. Oh, I think I heard about this the other day. Tell tell me more. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, something I really liked about that film is the fact that the horror feels so like it- it's not in your face like most jump scares and like you know the slasher genre like it lingers it's like ever present like the darkness and I really wanted to incorporate that into the play as almost like a realistic kind of horror that someone could like picture for themselves like late at night when they're alone in their room well that makes me feel really unsettled but I think that's kind of your point right where it's just unrelenting um and yeah something you can't really escape from so uh Something I really liked about that, so, uh, you know, our, our listeners obviously are not here visually seeing how this is performed, but, you know, we had three actors in the studio, um, and the actors are also our uh, sound technicians. They're playing um, uh, uh, sound bites using um, iPads and um or tablets and and their phones, and uh, so there's a lot to manage, right? Reading scripts and also playing sound bites. Um, so you all did that really well, sort of bouncing off one another. You and Griff did. So how did you all accomplish that? Oh yeah, um, I'd say most of that was definitely Griff's handiwork. Um, I just like I found links to like all the YouTube stuff for the uh, for the sound effects, but Griff had the idea to specifically put them into clips, and then each clip is on a different like Google slide. Mm-hmm. So we like turned to each slide for the sound. Effect. And we had to account for like, you know, what, how many seconds would the buffer be because of the Wi-Fi um, and like when that would relate to when we move to that slide. Um, like, again, I cannot stress enough just how integral Griff was, um, like, was as part of this whole process. Yeah, well, that was uh, a really smart way to go about it. And I, I think um, highlights sort of some of the, the technical aspects that have to go into thinking about how to incorporate um you know, sound into performing something in a radio studio. And it's a little different, right? When you're having to do the acting as well as the sound um, work. Uh, And once again, no one's having to see you do all that, right? You're having to kind of do it all 
um, and be sort of a jack of all trades. So well done there. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing your work. Uh, I was a little nervous and I am very curious to know what exactly happened. But um, when I asked you after uh, I turned down the sound, you shrugged your shoulders. And I guess it's up to my imagination to I think, think so, it out. Because like the entire point of like, you know, those, uh, those sound effects, like we already, we obviously know what happened to, uh, you know, to, um, to the one that fell down the stairs, mm -hmm. of course. Um, but for the for the uh, the final like death, I'd like to say I feel like we really wanted to like leave it to the the listeners' imaginations, mm -hmm. just because of the association with that sound effect and what that could mean for what exactly happened to her, right. like what kind of like horrible fate befell her that that sound would be made from yeah. like from her killing. I love that. That's uh, yeah, it leaves it up to our imagination. Well, thanks for that. Um, disgusting sound and uh creative cre create uh i guess you're leaving it up to my my creativity to create whatever that means so thanks for that Welcome. all right well uh with that we are going to move on to our next play um which is going to be uh introduced by the track boys and uh we will uh move on to the next one stay with us uh here on khdx this is 93.1 fm uh, perhaps you're listening online at khdx.fm wherever you're listening we're glad you're here um and actually we're going to listen to touch tone telephone by lemon demon um i had some folks waving at me i was skipping to the wrong play so with that, we're going to hear Touch Tone Telephone.
Hello, my ghostlings, and welcome back to another episode of Ghost to Host, where we do not shy away from hidden truths or the paranormal. I, of course, am your beloved host, Marco Last Name. Today, we will be starting off with some call-ins. Oh, here's our first ghostling now. Would you like to introduce yourself, caller? Hello, I am the Noswall. I am wearing a red trench coat and gold rim sunglasses. Thought you should know because this fit be lit. Anyways, my conspiracy is that penguins can fly. They just choose not to. Fascinating. That fit sure does sound lit. Now tell me more about this penguin conspiracy, Noswall. That's the Noswall to you. And yes, have you seen the way penguins flap their strange little fin wings? They know what's up. They just don't want us to know that they know what's up. They do have strange little fin wings. But tell me, Noswall, uh, I mean, the Noswall, how do you think those tiny wings support their large round penguin bodies in flight? I knew this would be asked. All the doubters voice this, and here's the answer. If bees can do it, so can the penguins. Well, there you have it, folks. Another wowing and thought-provoking conspiracy from one of our beloved ghostlings. Thank you so much, the Noswall, for enlightening us on this incredibly relevant and important matter. Thank you for having me. The Noswall out. Well, that fella sure is interesting. I really do wonder if penguins will reveal themselves someday. Ah, here's another ghostling now, undoubtedly with an equally fascinating idea. Care to enlighten us, caller? They want to hear it. They want to hear it. They will hear it. They all will hear it. But they don't listen. They don't hear it. You don't listen. Caller, we can barely hear you. Would you mind speaking up for us? Well, my apologies, listeners. Don't know what happened here. Usually we do a better job of screening calls. Anyways, on to our next ghostling. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm actually talking on Ghost to Host. I'm such a huge fan, like a mega fan. Well, I'm flattered and happy you're here. What is your conspiracy? Well, my conspiracy is that nail polish should actually be pronounced nail polish, and Poland invented it as a method of propaganda. Fascinating. 
Truly a genius move by Poland. To think I wear nail polish and I never saw the truth until now. I thought it was a genius move too. And oh my god, do you think we use the same nail polish brand? Maybe we can go get our nails done together. I actually know exactly where you get your nails done. Funny story. We should go there. Uh, I'll have to get back to you on that. My people will call your people. Thank you so much for your conspiracy. Bye! Diane, cut call. <laughs> Thanks, Diane. Wow, I haven't spoken to such an enthusiastic fan since we had to ban that one person. Anyways, on to our next caller. Speak your mind, next caller. Silencing another. Tsk, tsk. So like you. Strange that keeps happening. Let's see if the next caller works properly. Next caller? Is it working? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. Oh, thank goodness. I've been having phone issues all day. I feel that. Anyways, what do you have to share with us? I actually have a ghost story to share. My own one, actually. Go for it. You see, my family owns a vineyard, and I was down in the cellar drinking wine that I wasn't supposed to when I heard the ghost of my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. What did he say? Uh, he didn't actually say anything. He just kind of went... <laughs> did your, uh, great-great... I'll forget it. Did he have any reason to growl at you? I'm not quite sure. I never met the dude. Did you see anything or feel anything unusual? Well, I did feel my stomach hurting, you know, because of all the wine I was drinking. Barry, with all the stomach pains you were feeling, did your stomach by any chance growl? You know what? That was probably it. Wow, you just solved the case. Wow, I gotta tell my friends I didn't actually see a ghost. Oh. You do that. Thank you for calling in. Bye. Well, that was certainly an interesting ghost story. Ghostlings, take this as a lesson not to drink as much wine as Barry probably did. Anyways, here's our next call. Getting tired already, Marco? Don't worry. Things will pick up speed. Not again. Give me a moment, dear ghostlings. Di Diane? So, uh, Diane is dead with a knife in her chest. Um, hopefully she's still breathing. Oh god, I forgot to check. Should I do that? No. Someone had to have been in there to kill her. I should probably stay here. Marco. 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 Polo, is that you? Finally recognize my voice now. It took you long enough, but still, I'm impressed. I thought you had forgotten me. I mean, you banned me after all. Silenced me. You wanted me to be forgotten when I was your biggest fan. How could you? You were practically stalking me. That goes a little more than being a fan. Can you blame me? You're the only one that would listen to me. You're pretty good looking, too. Trust me, Ghostlings. I know you can't see him right now, but he's looking really good right now. Uh, thanks. Wait, we're still on radio? Oh, I forgot to turn it off. Wait, you can see me right now? I can see the delicious fear in your beautiful eyes. You're in the sound booth, aren't you? You killed Diane for this? Okay. It took you that long to figure that out? Man, I thought you were smarter than this. And I thought you were more sensible than to kill someone on live radio. Everyone's going to know what you did and who you are. Doesn't matter. You'll still be dead. 
and I'll follow soon after. Wait, what? Oh my god, I'm alive? Oh my god, I killed him? Nah, man, I'm still alive, just bleeding. Probably got a good three seconds left. Oh. Okay, now he's dead. Oh my god, I killed him? I should probably call the police, right? The radio show. I should end the show. Alright, my ghostlings, this has been Ghost to Host. Honored to be with, with you all. I gotta call the cops and a therapist. Hope your day will continue to be better than mine. Just to be clear, this is not an elaborate prank. There are genuinely dead people. So to prevent this happening to you, please invest in our Complisafe Security, who just so happened to be today's sponsor. Ironic, I know. Anyways, thanks for listening. Marco Less name gone. You're tuned into KHDX. This is 93.1 FM. My name is Maureen McClung. I'm the faculty advisor for KHDX. We're so glad you're with us this afternoon, tuning into Playwrights Theater, where students from Professor Roberts' playwriting class are sharing for the very first time their original works with us. You just heard our third show, Ghost to Host Radio, which was written by Milo Dixon and C.J. Cunningham, who are now in this studio with me. And they're going to tell us a little bit about themselves and about their work they just shared with us. So, Milo, we'll start with you. Um, where are you from? What are you majoring in? What year are you? Uh, I am a freshman, and I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm not entirely sure what I'm majoring in yet. Okay. All right. C.J.? I'm a sophomore, and... From Dallas, Texas, mm -hmm. and I'm hoping to either do arts or creative writing. Nice. Well, thank you so much for taking that brave step of sharing uh, this this work that you wrote for Professor Roberts's class with us. Um, tell us a little bit about what inspired it. Um, well, I was uh, I, I suggested uh, somewhat the idea after um, listening to Lemon Demon's uh, song that you mm -hmm. all heard beforehand, uh, Touchtone Telephone. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, we also have some other things that inspired us. Fun fact, a game of Marco Polo did inspire the names of the two original characters. Is this something that you just do in your free time? You play Marco Polo? We were actually meeting up to, for a writing session in uh -huh. a crowded room, and we didn't quite know how we were supposed to find each other, mm -hmm. so we decided we were going to scream Marco Polo, and we decided to have a fun play off of that. Nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, I mean, it was very fitting that you did a radio show, obviously, mm -hmm. since we're doing radio theater. Um, 
So I, I would like to know that we've heard three plays and they all have involved murder. So tell me about that. Is it something about your generation where <laughs> like murder is just where, where your minds go? Um, I guess murder is terrifying. <laughs> so I guess, you know, that is kind of the first thing you think of when you think of Halloween horror. You think of kind mm-hmm. of that slasher, murder, blood, mm-hmm. knife kind of thing. Yes, uh, since the theme was Halloween, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of our minds kind of went to that slasher yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, but this is this was kind of interesting that you guys approached this doing uh, terror, but also comedy. Did you find that that challenging to mix those two genres? We kind of knew that everyone else was wanting to do a more horror kind of mm-hmm. based thing like like straight up like horror. straight up horror mm-hmm. with the little, little components of comedy mm-hmm. we wanted to kind of stand out just a little bit and prioritize the comedy first mm-hmm. and make it something that people can laugh at and then suddenly be like oh murder just happened whoa that kind of took a turn yeah yeah is that something that you guys find yourself drawn to when you are seeking media to consume something that sort of balances the sweet and the sour yeah i think definitely um, we kind of, we like went back and forth while we were writing, trying to like figure out, uh, what we wanted to focus on. Uh, and I'm very glad that we decided to keep like a heavy emphasis on comedy. Uh, I think that was a great choice. I think it can be a nice, uh, palate cleanser when it gets a little too heavy it, to bring it back to something a little it lighter. Also was a lot more fun to write. It was. It the was comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, a, a favorite Halloween play or I guess I don't know I don't know if there's a lot of uh but I want to I want to keep it related to theater as well but like is there a favorite sort of scary f- a play or film that uh you like to watch or read or uh that you enjoy during the season I don't I don't watch a lot of movies but mm-hmm. I do listen to podcasts mm. and Welcome to Night Vale is definitely okay. one this Paranormal Life is my spooky podcast. Mm-hmm. It's Paranormal Life. Is that a play on This American Life? No, it's just where two comedians mm-hmm. investigate different paranormal events. Interesting. Okay. Well, thanks for the recommendation. Mm-hmm. All right. And thank you so much for sharing your, your work with us today. All right. Well, we hope you'll continue um, staying tuned to KHDX here. Um, we've got three more plays for you this afternoon. Um, up next, now we are going to hear Boys by Charlie XCX. I think that's how you say it. I feel like that's how you say it. I've only ever heard it read. I feel like an old person now because I don't know how to say that. Is that how you say it? I'm getting the thumbs up from the young people. Um, I don't know. I'm 44. I don't know things anymore. Um, and then, yeah, we'll have three more plays coming up for you. So we hope you'll stay tuned. Uh, this is KHDX 93.1 FM where you can hear Hendrix here. Singing about Pa 
still someone in there we can get in well what are you waiting for what do you mean open the door i can't i need my key card you open the door i can't open the door i don't have my key card how, how are, are we, we jinx <sighs> you owe me a meal now maybe even a cute little date at the preserve since my ex dumped me <sighs> man she never deserved you in the first place. Yeah, you're right. Any, anyways, how are we both 20 years old, go to Hendricks College, of all places, and are still this airheaded and unprepared? I don't know, man, but hey, at least we're self-aware. Well, we need to be SLTC aware and find a way to get in there. The game starts in 12 minutes, and I refuse to watch another one on your iPod. Oh, hey, look, someone just came down the stairs and they're headed out by the, uh, the post office. Let's hurry. Hey, hold the door. Yo, what the, where did they go? Why didn't the door open? Maybe they saw us and kept the door propped or went out the other way. Hmm. Let's still try it. Come on. Huh, that's interesting. The door's unlocked. Cool. That means we can get in and watch the game on the big TV. Heck yeah, let's go. Uh, yo. Um, did you notice that? Nah, let's go. <laughs> All right, I mean, I live for living in the Delulu land. I'm so excited to watch the game. Yo. Um, the lights in the hallway just went out. Yeah, it's okay. They do that when no one's been moving for over an uh, uh, um, 
Exactly, bro. We've only been here for 20 minutes. Should we go check it out? I'm not sure, bro. I'm a little nervous, and I have to pee when I'm nervous. And what if the lights don't come on? And what if I have to walk all the way down the scary hallway in the dark all by myself? And then what if someone is there waiting for me? And then what if they kill me? And then okay, what if- Okay, okay, you don't gotta go. It, it was a joke anyways. Yo, why are you making that face? Bro, I think I just heard a door shut. It sounded like the bathroom door. Oh, okay. Dude, I'm getting really weirded out now. Can we leave? The emergency exit door is just right there, and this is exactly the perfect time to use it. Yeah, bro. I'm with you. Grab your things. We're going to make a run for it, okay? On your mark, get set, let's go. Bro, why didn't you open up? And when did your back get this muscular? Asking for my own workout routine, of course, but also because you look hot right now. But what's up with your door? I mean, the door. Oh, uh, um... <laughs> Thanks, bro. I didn't think anyone would notice. I'll send you the routine when we make it out of here. Well, if we make it out of here. Because the door is, like, really not moving at all right now, bro. Bro, it's because you're pushing instead of pulling, duh. Oh. <laughs> okay, you're right. All right, let's go for real this time. Follow me. Uh. <clears throat> bro, this one actually isn't bulging at all. Here, I'll help. Bro, what the heck? We both lift at least ten times the way to this door. Why the heck isn't it moving? What do we do now? I'm so scared. I gotta pee so bad, bro. So bad. Bro. It's okay, bro. It's okay. Cade? What do we do? There's someone coming after us. Bro, it's okay, bro. It's okay. It's probably just another student or something. It's midnight. There's no way there's another student here. Dude, we're done for. We're going to die. We're going to die. Bro, Casey, look at me, bro. It's going to be okay. Even if, even if someone is after us and they do kill us, they'll kill both of us together. Kate? Bro? Casey? Bro? If something happens to us, bro, I just want you to know something. Bro, I love you. I love you. Bro? I love you too, Kate. I love you too. Whoa. Sorry to interrupt you two kids, but would you mind maybe doing this at home? And not the SLTC? A, a peace safe officer? Huh. So, um, about what I said earlier, bro. You wanna go back to mine? To watch the, the game, of course, not anything else. <laughs> Alright, bro, sure.
All right, you're listening to KHDX. This is 93.1 FM. My name is Maureen McClung, and this is Playwrights Theater, which is a special show here this afternoon on 93.1 FM, where we are hearing for the very first time performances of original plays by students in Professor Lavinia Roberts's playwriting class. And so we just heard... Uh, a performance of a play called Horror College that was written by Sable Elise and Thomas Mosslander. And um, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves and telling us a little bit about um, what year you are, what your majors are, we'll start with you, Sable Elise. <laughs> um, my name is Sable Elise. I am between a senior and a fifth year. Um, my major is creative writing, and I am minoring in psychology. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I'm Thomas. I'm a junior from Paragold, Arkansas, and I'm double majoring in computer science and music. Nice. Um, so tell us about why you enrolled in this class. Well, um, I'm a creative writer. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any connection there. Um, well, okay, so I actually did my thesis last semester, and... Um, it kind of has some elements of plays, and I kind of want to make it into a production one day. And oh, so nice. um, I found this class, and it's beginner, so I was like, heck yeah. Yeah, nice. Thomas, how about you? So before I actually declared my double major, I thought I would do some kind of interdisciplinary of computer science, music, and creative writing. Mm. Then I was like, no, that's a little too crazy even for me. So I'm sticking with my double major, but taking a lot of creative writing classes mm-hmm. and a medium that I've really gotten into lately is playwriting. So I was like, yeah. oh, I'll enroll in uh, beginning playwriting. Nice. So um, just want to give a nod to the, like the liberal arts that you are embodying through all of those things. So wonderful there. Well, so tell me about this play. Um, what was your inspiration um, in this collaborative effort? Um, so we were in the SLTC trying to get a feel for like brainstorming ultimately. And there weren't too many people there. And the, um, the store, the spirit store Mm -hmm. put up like, um, some scary decorations. And then, um, we just kind of started going off of our location pretty much. Oh, nice. So a a place-based inspiration. Um, was there a P-safe officer that walked by? I don't think so. I think um, part of that inspiration was we decided we didn't want to write something like scary or creepy. And so we were like, well, what if the big bad guy actually turns out to be some guy? And we figured, you know, late at night, the SLTC, we were like, oh, a PSA officer. Yeah. Perfect. Which for those who are not part of a, part of our community and our lingo, PSAFE stands for our, our public safety officers, which, you know, I think that's something that happens a lot in our daily lives. Sometimes things that are pretty benign can end up really scaring us when we just, you know, don't know what they are. Um, I trip myself out quite a bit sometimes when they're very, you know, common things that are not very scary, but I kind of psych myself out. So I think that's an interesting thing to explore. We were originally going to do something about the decorations coming to life. Yeah, but also this has to be a radio play and can Mm -hmm. only be around five minutes. So we were like, let's go with something a little more feasible for the radio. Yeah. So that can, yeah, that, and that's interesting, an interesting challenge, I think, right? So a lot of times when you're writing a play, you're thinking about the the visual 
aspects of what you're going to be able to enact. And that is just out the window Mm -hmm. when you're writing a play for radio. So we've heard lots of sound effects today and having to actually say the action. So yeah, definitely some different things to think about. Well, we appreciate you sharing your work with us today and um, a little bit about your process. Um, Up next, we have uh, a track we're going to play that is going to introduce our next play. Um, So this is, uh, we're going to hear The Great Pumpkin Waltz, uh, which I'm sure many of you can guess is from uh, It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And so we'll hope you, we hope you will stay tuned. We've got two more plays coming up for you this afternoon. Um, stay with us. We are listening to plays from uh, beginning playwriting a class here at Hendricks College. This is KHDX 93.1 FM, uh, Conway, Arkansas, student-run radio here at Hendricks College. Thanks for tuning in. Detective Jackman, come in. How's it going, Detective Glover? Not well. Well, 
I just got this tape dropped off in a package directed to us. A tape, huh? Did you play it yet? Not yet. It just got here an hour ago. I didn't know what it was. It says only to play it while we're both listening. It's been here an hour and uh, you're just now bringing it to me? Uh, we've got an escaped homicidal psych ward patient and two missing kids and the only potential lead we've got has been wasting away in an envelope. Listen, man, I've been just as busy as you with this case. I'll play it now. Hello? Ethan? What's happening? Hmm. I'm thinking they must be on the phone. Bill? Where are you? You shouldn't be out alone this late while this dude is still out there. Yeah. Sorry. I got held up. It's cool. Are you okay? Where are you? Let's... let's play a quick game. And what are you talking about? Why won't you tell me where you are? You've heard of the trolley problem, right? Yeah, the one where someone either lets five people on a track die or pulls a lever to kill one guy, right? Say, instead of dealing with five people on one track and one person on another, it was you and I laying on the track. Would you pull the lever to switch the train onto your track? Yeah, of course. Wouldn't you? What was that? Is this some stupid bit? I swear to God, if you're about to jump out from behind the couch or something... <laughs> this isn't funny. Just tell me where you are. Is someone else listening? I can't do this anymore. Ethan, there's a man in the kitchen about to... <laughs> 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 Is that it? Bill, I know whoever has you trapped can hear me. I don't know who this guy you sent in is, but he can't fight at all. I've got him pinned down, and if you so much as lay a hand on Bill, he's dead. I'm going to give you one chance to tell me what is happening here. Where's my brother? <laughs> Who's he talking to now? I'm guessing the intruder. Yeah, but is that our guy? I'm not sure. I don't find this funny. <laughs> this is the last time I'm going to ask, where is my brother? <laughs> it doesn't matter if I tell you. <laughs> I'm dead either way. What are you talking about? <laughs> Bill! <laughs> Is that a different voice? Not sure. Must be. Sounds like Bill got pushed through a door. So he was just outside the whole time? Let him go now. <laughs> I swear I'll take your guy out if you don't. Jesus, was that one of the kids? I'm begging you, man. Let him go. Take me. Mm. Hmm. Must have been the first guy who got shot. 
I'm impressed. Push come to shove, people usually act in their own self-interest rather than stick to their word. That's gotta be our escapee. He must have been force-feeding Bill lines on the phone. That is him, and he's decided to use the kids for his research. It may already be too late. What are you talking about? Who are you? <laughs> I'm shocked you don't recognize me. I know you know who I am. I'm the reason you're scared about your brother not being home. No. You're that crazy psychiatrist who broke out of jail? True intellectualism is often called crazy in its time. People look at me and see some nutcase who experiments on others to get answers we wouldn't otherwise find. I see myself as someone who future generations will thank for saving humanity. That idea scares people, so they throw me in the loony bin. If we give you the information you want, will you let us go? You've seen too much, unfortunately. It seems you don't know how these experiments end. They do, though. Is he talking about us? Oh, no. When was the last update we got from the crime scene? Because it seems that what I think has already happened may be too late. What do you even want from us? To understand how the mind works under duress. We often see plans put into place, but when it comes down to it, people panic and act in their own self-interest. Learning to utilize this has proven beneficial, and yet there still remains much to learn. What are you talking about? Learning to control one's mind through the infliction of duress can only increase my productivity. How do you think I broke out of that ward? It's not easy to break the mind of another professionally trained psychiatrist into letting you out. That is, unless you know how to press them. In fact, I've become so effective, I got him to serve as my henchman until a few moments ago. He got his own therapist to break him out, help him set this up, and then he shot him the second he was compromised. He was able to do all of that, and still we have no clue where he is. I will say, Ethan, you've proven not everyone will fold. After all, you still volunteered yourself to save Bill here. No matter, it just means there's still more to learn. So you're going to let us live, right? I mean, if there's still a lot more to learn. <laughs> As for you, Detectives Glover and Jackman, don't think this reached your desk by accident. I wanted to reaffirm to you both what you're dealing with. You have one hour from this tape's delivery before I move on to another experiment. Mwahahaha. When did you say this tape was delivered again?
you're tuned into KHDX, this is 93.1 FM, student-run radio at Hendricks College here in Conway, Arkansas. My name is Maureen McClung. I'm the faculty advisor for KHDX, and this is a special session um, that we're hosting today here. Um, it's called uh, KHDX and, well, it's called Playwrights Theater, um, but it's a special uh, episode that we are collaborating with Professor Lavinia Roberts's beginning playwriting class, and you're hearing uh, the very first performances of uh, special plays written with Halloween themes, and the one we just heard was Who Needs a Psychiatrist? And that was written by Noah Carroll and Jesse Ortega. And I have Noah and Jesse in the studio with me right now, and we are going to hear from them uh, a little bit about themselves and their process and sort of what inspired this this piece. So we'll start with Noah. Um, where are you from? What are you majoring in? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, my major is English Creative Writing, and this is my third year here. So Okay, excellent. Um, and how about you, Jesse? Uh, I'm from Valonia, which is about 25 minutes down the road from here, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm a freshman, and I've yet to declare a major. Okay. Well, so um, tell us a little bit about this work. I mean, obviously Halloween is the theme of all of these, these plays. Tell us what brought you to this, this piece that you wrote. Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. We just kind of ripped off Saw. Um, <laughs> that was pretty much it. So ripping is, you know, maybe, maybe borrow you were inspired by, um, so I actually, I've never seen Saw, I'm going to admit. Like the, the hacky, you know, literally hacking is like a little rough for me to watch. So what elements were you inspired by then since I've never seen it? So the central antagonist of those movies is like this super crazy genius guy who sets up like elaborate traps to mm -hmm. basically punish people or whatever. And the only thing we kind of flipped on that was he's using it to learn rather than punish our mm -hmm. main bad guy in this. And so that was what I was thinking about. Yeah, I think, I think the thought of having an antagonist who's, you know, not just some, you know, uh, bloodthirsty brute, but rather someone who's uh, intricate in the way they, they carry out their process of, you know, uh, doing misdeeds and in, in the end sometimes killing people, uh, that that's, can be more scary than the alternative so right so it's not just sort of uh base instincts it's more about i don't know yeah this kind of my words are failing me today i apologize but um kind of uh these yeah these intricate plans that they're trying to play out and um so what what's next is there a sequel to this play I don't know about a sequel, but I do think that this play initially was thought out in the process of, you know, being performed live because we kind of, you know, forgot about like the pitfalls of what it would take to do a radio play versus something live. Mm -hmm. So I think eventually down the road, expanding on it in like the traditional play format could be kind of cool, mm -hmm. but that's about all I was thinking about. Is that, would that intrigue you having to actually create some of these, these scenes on stage, like thinking about like the visuals of what you'd have to create? I mean, yeah, th there's a lot to think about uh, in that aspect. And also, uh, it's easier to perform a radio play in the sense that you don't have to have, you know, you don't have to think about all the costumes people mm -hmm. are wearing and uh, 
the visual if, effects. If two people are in different places, like a, as in our play, there's people on a phone call and then there's, there's detectives sort of commenting on what exactly is going on in this tape mm -hmm. they've been delivered, this anonymous tape. You know, and that, that's kind of the way I guess we adapted it into something that was able to be a radio play as opposed to having to be acted out because originally the play was written where it was just the scenario between the two brothers and their, mm -hmm. their struggle with the uh, main antagonist um, putting them through this sort of, you know, traumatic experience. But uh, I don't know, I think in the end we were able to put enough things together to make it work as a radio play, but I, I think it would be interesting to see it as a, uh, just a normal, just a normal play. Did you guys enjoy writing it as a radio play or was that like a challenge you were like, uh-oh? I, I enjoyed the learning process. Yeah. <laughs> um, he says with a smile well, or through, through gritted teeth. No, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. teasing. <laughs> it took basically like an entire rewrite after yeah. the first draft because what we realized is like the dialogue kind of made sense, but the entire situation made absolutely no mm -hmm. sense. So we had to uh, add the whole like detective listening to a tape thing yeah. so they could be like an audience surrogate and yeah. comment on stuff. But yeah, it was certainly a learning experience. Yeah. Well, you know, this is how they used to do it back in the old days, right? You know, before television, this is how people experienced, um, you know, stories in a lot of ways. This is how things were brought to people's living rooms. Um, and so, yeah, it's a whole different way of representing drama um, that was much more common well before my time. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of an interesting exercise. And I'm, I'm happy that you guys... Um, brought your your story to us and shared it with us and and for those of you who are listening at home um we had six folks kind of rotating in and out around microphones and that was kind of fun for me to watch because usually we only allow four people in the studio so it was interesting to watch people kind of climbing over and putting phones near microphones to try to get sound effects in there so that was that was kind of fun to watch so um, all right, well, we have one more play for you all this afternoon, and um, we are going to introduce it with um, some Johann Sebastian Bach um, with Toccata and Fugue in D minor, which, of course, is a very um, spooky Halloween-y uh, track to finish on. So stay tuned for our final play here on KHDX 93.1 FM, Conway, Arkansas.
Hello children, it's me, Spider Jack, and welcome to my Harmony of Horror. I hope you're tucked in tight, for this tale is not for the faint of heart. Lock your doors, shutter the windows, or else you might end up like ten-year-old Amy Dunn. Our tale begins on a dark and stormy night, not unlike this one. Amy's parents had left, all her, al had left her all alone save for her babysitter, Lisa Parker. But Amy had no idea Lisa had other plans. Lisa, please stay. I don't want to be alone tonight. But of course, Lisa didn't listen. Lisa had a date at Tony Pimbleton's Halloween party. Left to her own devices, Amy decided to sit down in front of the TV and waste the night away. After a few hours had passed, Amy, she heard a knock at the door. Hello? There was no response. Who could it be at this hour? Is someone there? Amy silently tiptoed over to the window. She pulled back the curtain and examined the front porch. It was empty, not including a swinging bench being battered by the rain. Amy let out a breath she didn't know she was holding. There was nothing there. Must have been the wind. As Amy went to close the curtain, there was a sudden clap of thunder. The windows rattled inside of their frames as Amy left backwards. Her eyes widened as the curtain settled back into a closed position. She was certain she had seen someone standing on the opposite side of the street, staring. But surely she was mistaken. Who would be standing out in the street, especially at a night like this? It must have been my imagination. Amy rubbed her eyes and turned back around. Shaken by what she had seen, Amy decided to forget all that had happened and sleep the nightmare away. Amy put on her pajamas, brushed her teeth, and slid into bed, trying to convince herself that the coat rack in her room couldn't possibly hide someone behind it. Amy soon felt the slow droning of the rain lull her to sleep. She felt her eyelids get heavy and all her fears subside. There was nothing to worry about. Suddenly, there was a noise, a scratching at the windows. Amy felt her heart rate shoot up as she got up to investigate. Lisa, is that you? Creeping down the hallway, Amy found no answer. Seriously, this isn't funny. I'm telling my mom about this when she gets home. As she approached the window, Amy saw motion out of the corner of her eye. She turned. There was a light in the living room. A faint, flickering light, shining out of the end of the hallway. What could it be? Hello? Before she had a chance to think, there was a crash from the window. Broken glass spilled into the hallway. Amy turned. It must be a break-in. A murderer clutching a butcher's knife in one hand and a severed leg in the other. Or a monster with rippling black fur, yellow teeth, and red eyes. There had to be something rushing towards Amy, ready to pounce. But there was nothing. Amy made her way over to the broken window, piecing together what had happened. A tree branch had fallen from above, breaking the window as it fell. Amy breathed a sigh of relief. The worst thing that could come from tonight was a scolding from her parents. With one mystery solved, Amy refocused her attention to the living room. Lisa, the window broke. I think you need to come take a look at it. The overbearing silence gave no answer. Amy had finally made it to the living room. Lisa was sitting in the chair. More accurately, Lisa's corpse was sitting in the chair. I always considered Lisa Parker's body to be my finest work. The hardest part was hollowing out the head. Getting the candles inside, getting the mouth and eyelids to stay open. That was the easy part. At this point, Amy started to scream. Amy sprinted back to her bedroom and dove under the covers. That part always confuses me. I never understand why people run for their bed, as if a few centimeters of fabric is going to stop me. Amy heard the floorboards creak as someone walked in after her. Please, just leave me alone. Part of me was always glad that Amy never looked up, even after she felt saliva drip onto her shoulder. It would have made killing her so much more awkward. 
It's always easier this way. You don't have to introduce yourself. I mean, what would I have said? Hi, I'm Spider Jack, and I'm a demon that needs the blood of terrified children to survive. Sorry, this just wasn't your night. That's too long, and kids are stupid. Better to sink a fang into their neck and... We interrupt this program to bring you devastating news. Last night, Mark and Kathy Dunn returned home to find their babysitter, Lisa Parker, headless, and their 10-year-old daughter, Amy Dunn, missing. For the sake of the family, we have chosen not to disclose the brutal nature of this crime. If you have any information regarding this case, please call the anonymous tip line. As always, please keep all who are affected by this crime in your thoughts and prayers. Squeezed out every last drop, and Amy Dunn was never heard from again. So, so next time you hear a scratching at the windowsill, or see a flickering light, Lock your door and hide under the covers, for you never know what could go bump in the night. But I'm afraid that's all the time we have today, children. Tune in tomorrow night for the thrill of a lifetime, for Bradley Anderson is beginning to wonder where that strange knocking is coming from. You're tuned in to KHDX 93.1 FM. This is student-run radio here at Hendricks College in Conway, Arkansas. I am Maureen McClung, the faculty advisor here at KHDX, and you just heard our final play of this very special episode of uh, Playwrights Theater, where we've been featuring original plays by the introductory playwriting class, which is taught by Professor Lavinia Roberts. And that last play was Spider Jack's Harmony of Horror by Bree Graggs and Noah Robertson, who are here in the studio with me right now. Welcome, uh, Bree and Noah. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Tell us about what you're studying here at Hendrix, what year you are, and where you're from. We'll start with you, Bree. Um, um, I'm a creative writing major, mm-hmm. and I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, and I'm a senior. Excellent. Uh, I'm Noah. I'm a film major, and I'm a uh, sophomore uh, Cedar Hill, Texas. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing your work with us. So um, tell us about what inspired your play. Um, well, I was definitely inspired by like tales from the crypts i think the, <gasps> i think the, what people still watch that or sorry your generation still watches that uh, not commonly i don't think but okay I, I the thought process was that because it is a radio play and you have no sort of like visual input i was like maybe there should be a narrator character mm-hmm. and that kind of led to me like you know what if the narrator was a part of it um and you know like the narrator was the monster in the story was mm. essentially where the idea came from Nice. Okay, so who is who is Spider Jack? I don't know. That's a good no question. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Okay. So, um, tell me about sort of the 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 demon. Then, what is why is this monster something that is 
uh, inspiring and scary? Like, what? why was this your choice, your creative choice? I think it was just to come up with, you know, a generically creepy monster. Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, it was just the first thing that popped in my head. It's a demon. He needs blood. Mm -hmm. It's really all you need. Children's blood? Yeah. Yeah. We had originally named him Jack Skeleton. But and then we had to, we someone had to pointed Copy, out. Copyright <laughs> issues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to get sued. Well, that one's Jack Skellington. Oh. We just had Jack Skeleton. But, oh, yeah. I see, I see. Sorry, I, mis I misheard there. And you have to be careful when you're on <laughs> yeah. the radio, right? Yeah. Not everyone's going to hear that. <laughs> um, so what was it like co-writing together? What was that process like? It was mostly Noah just typing and then us just going back and forth with ideas. We'd stop mm -hmm. somewhere, I'd suggest something, he'd, just, he'd suggest something, and we'd kind of find a middle ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a lot of just writing something and we'd be like, it should be like this. And I'd be like, you're right, that's way better. <laughs> so. Do you think that, that having a, having a co-writer is something that helps with the creative process? Or um, do you think that, I don't know, like how did you find that compared to writing individually? Um, it was nice because it was like you just had an editor on hand. So if mm -hmm. someone kind of made a mistake or repeated a name or put the wrong name down, someone was able to catch it. And it was just nice to bounce ideas off of someone. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'd say bouncing ideas off of someone was the best part of it. You know, having someone there to sort of talk it out and think stuff through and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we very much value teamwork here at Hendrix, um, in part because that's how the real world works a lot of times. Like rarely do you work alone once you kind of venture out into the world. Um, and so I think it's, it's really valuable that you're getting a chance to do, um, collective writing together in this class. Um, I mean, a lot of times, of course, writing does happen alone. I, I know that that is a thing in the world, but, um, I mean, I'm a scientist. I don't do creative writing necessarily, but like a lot of times we co-author together and I've found that um, my writing is a lot stronger when I have writing partners. And so um, I see I see a lot of value in that. So I'm glad you're getting some experience. Um, well, thank you so much once again for sharing your work with us. It was um, uh, definitely, I think, one of the most unsettling ones mm. for me since I have children. Um, <laughs> so thank you for ending on a strong note there. Um, and I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us here today. And um, if you're just tuning in and are sad that you missed out, don't worry. There's going to be um, a recording of this up on our website at khdx.fm really soon. So check out our blog soon. You'll get to um, listen online uh, there. You can download the podcast. And, uh, yeah, we hope that you'll... Um, check us out from time to time on uh, the FM airwaves at 93.1 FM, or you can always check out our programming schedule at khdx.fm. And uh, yeah, we have DJs in the booth periodically, so we hope you'll check in with us from time to time. Thanks again for tuning in to this Playwrights Theater production here on 93.1 FM. Um, this is Maureen McClung signing off. Uh, I think I'm going to leave today with um, some spooky music from Devinger Banhart because he does it right with some creepy music from, this is his first release, Oh Me, Oh My, from 2002, uh, which I think should have been a Halloween album that year because it's just spooky music. Thanks again for listening. This is KHDX. When the roots of the tree are as cold as can be when the wind 
Keep the sign. 